0: How's everybody doing? Welcome to another episode of Free Market Screen Earth. I'm Nikki B. here with Ben Panji, Liberty Hippie. This is episode number 29. How are we doing
1: today, Ben? Oh boy, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Uh,
0: I am doing fantastic. It is getting close to Christmas. Uh, I had a pretty good day today. I didn't do a whole heck of a lot. I feel like I've been on vacation with this work schedule I've been working. And while that'll probably be changing here in a little bit... It's changing for good reasons. So feeling positive, that's how we're feeling.
1: Good deal. Always got to have hope, right? Isn't that what I say? Last episode, be hopeful.
0: I, I'm always hopeful. I, I try not to get bogged down in some of the nonsense. Hope's uh, usually an easy thing for me.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
0: So we got ourselves a fun episode today, don't we?
1: We do. I sort of lied last time. I told people they'd come back and hear some tales about santa claus and mushrooms but uh we're gonna change things up we're gonna offer that to you guys on boxing day so <laughs> yeah, actually during the week of christmas i a little closer so uh yeah so that'll be be next week what's boxing day i don't know dude it's the day after christmas it's the, the 26th it sounds like some some canadian shit uh, i don't think i know i don't think it's canadian i'm not sure where it is but i know it's a thing i'm gonna be honest i'm pretty positive it's canadian <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe they have they have like uh, don't they have something else like Canadian Thanksgiving or something? I don't. Know.
0: They may have that, but you know, <laughs> if we're wrong, please call and tell me. Hey, you're an idiot. <laughs> I'm okay being told I'm an idiot. So uh, we uh we have an episode here that we're gonna call King Money on the Mountain Part Two when I get put ooh. a title on it because this is going to be yet another. Example of well, I think in the end it's going to be another example of when private property rights would be fixing something that is going on. So we're going to be looking at Machu Picchu today, right? Yeah, another 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 mountain trails that people like to hike and indigenous people this time that uh, mm-hmm. you know help people climb and apparently aren't being treated the best. So it would, it would seem
1: that way. They are unhappy, I guess. So
0: why don't you kind of give us a little bit of a the
1: core of what's going on? So Machu Picchu has this trail that you know hikes along the the crest I guess and and through the old town up there and it's it's above uh, I forget what it's above but you'll get altitude sickness so you need to have somebody to kind of babysit you along the way and, and take you there and um, a lot of those those porters those people that do that come from the local area and of course the people trying to hike this mountain come from outside of the area you know they use uh, tourist companies to to book their their treks and uh, it's causes some some problems with the the porters as you can imagine they they don't think they're getting treated fairly
0: you know they're probably right about that too I, i i never dispute that
1: they probably are
0: but the key is if you want to fix a problem you have to look at why it's happening and as i'm sure we try and reiterate to people all the time it's usually economic. What's going on?
1: Almost, almost always, um,
0: and it would. It's no, no different here
1: either. You know, it's. Uh...
0: So the first few things that come to mind for me are who owns the mountain, because if you know somebody is genuinely being taken advantage of, you know there's going to have to be some liability and culpability, and I think that's probably where it's going to start. You know, because there's going to be jurisdictional things that need to be addressed. The other thing that I think is important to take note of is. Why are people working these jobs in the first place? If you're being treated like shit, you tend to not work that job or you find something better, something that suits you more. So anytime someone's complaining about how they're being treated at a job, I have to question, then why do you work there?
1: Yeah, why are you still there? And that's and that's kind of what it boils down to here, I think. you know, who who does own the mountain? and uh, and it, it turns out it's the fine state of Peru, country of Peru. Whatever
0: you want to call it, um, we—I uh, did a search quickly while we were setting up and prepping for this, and it, okay, apparently there had been like a 14-year legal battle with between the Peruvian government and a family, the family claiming that they owned it. I think there was there was like 22,000 hectares up for dispute, and after 14 years, the. State, he said, "Nope, it's ours."
1: Hmm, I've never, I've never, never seen a country do that before. I've never seen a state do that before.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's odd that they would just declare property theirs. Um, now, so there are there are are some laws that kind of dictate what uh, people have to make doing these jobs, and there's certain you know almost like, like standards that they have to kind of adhere to. But much like happens here in the U.S you'll find that people are willing to, say, work under the table and take on work that's less than legal for various reasons. You know, here in the U.S., usually you don't want to give, take the taxes out, still so you'll, you'll make some concessions. And the fact of the matter is, is the reason you do that is because you need the job more than those concessions.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you need the job that bad, that those concessions are not that bad, then are they that bad, you know? And I, I don't know. So that was... One of the things that it did like it was not amusing, but, you know, they they passed a law in two thousand and one um, that's supposed to protect all these porters from all these unfair labor practices. And here we are just about twenty years later. And imagine that the law doesn't work. People are still taking jobs and and doing that extra work that the law says they're not allowed to do. and uh, the the companies are still asking them to do it. So
0: one of the things that comes to mind for me is that, Anytime you're you're talking about people not making enough, the first thing you you have to look at is that there's there's too much competition, obviously, in the labor market. So there's clearly a lot of people that want to do this. Um, you know, they talked a lot about people that have been doing this for twenty and thirty years now. I hate to be the one to say it, like, this sounds like a very physical job. And physical jobs have a tendency not to be worked that long because you just can't hack it. You know, if you're going to be climbing a mountain, I'd imagine that's a job you're going to be doing in your 20s, maybe your 30s, and then you're you're done. You need to move on. You should be moving up into in a company, like... <sighs> (sighs) you should be progressing in such a ways that you're not, not doing that manual labor anymore, because if that's all you have to hope for, you don't, you don't have much of a future. No. And
1: I think that's, that's one of the issues that they, they run into is that, um, you know, when they are done working, um, there's no, nothing to catch them afterwards. And so they, they just kind of are left. Um, one of the, one of the guys in the article basically said that, that they, uh, they use the best years of an animal when they carry things up a mountain. When you're done with them, you just discard them. You know, and so it, it is, I think there's, as they get older, they can't do it. They can't hack it. So they they do end up getting out of it. And what they do after that, no, I'm not sure. I think you look at the community where this happens. They're, uh, they they speak their own language. They don't actually speak Spanish, which I guess causes some issues. But it sounds like they're, I don't want to say cut off from... From the rest of uh, Peru, but they're kind of out there on their own. Um, they're what you would imagine, I think, like a, a tribes out in the forest would would look like. Kind of.
0: Um, well, I mean, let's think of it like Tibet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah.
0: Yes, Tibet's part of China or whatever it is, but it's Tibet.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's its own own world, own entity. You know. So what what are these guys? What are these these people going to do when they are done being porters? I don't know. What were they doing before? Before this trail opened up, you know, it's about like a hundred years ago, 1911, I think is when the the first, uh, I don't know, explorer found the trail. So I, you know, I don't know how long it was until it got opened for, um, tourists to to hike it but uh, I don't imagine it was right away at least not in any large capacity
0: one thing that is kind of this reminds me of if you've ever watched that yaron Brook video where he's over at that college in England and they're all complaining about you know the wages that people make at the iPhone factory and how we need to pay people in you know third world countries that do our you know sweatshop labor more money and and ultimately what you you come down to is is the fact of the matter is, is you have people, you have an advanced economy and a um, an old world economy butted up against each other. Now, sure, we can all say that yeah, everyone in every country should make exactly what we make. But the fact of the matter is, is like say this job that you're you're having these people perform. Not to say it's not a skilled job, but at the end of the day, it is a job that is very very labor intensive. And not skill intensive. More importantly, it's not, um, what do you call it, not capital goods intensive. So you're you're, you're trapped in a situation where you have these people that have a less developed economy that, sure, they can say, all right, well, we're going to raise our rates to pay these people like Americans should be paid. But then what ends up happening is, well, okay, then those companies that can sell those those trips are going to stop selling those trips and those jobs are just going to go away because there's yeah. oh, there is a limit to what people are willing to pay for that experience and, and you know it may it may well be that that experience does go away and that is a choice that they make but that is a choice that those people have to make is is this a job that we're willing to do with this right and if it's not then that's fine um But you also can't bitch and complain when the guy next to you says, well, it is a job I'm willing to do for that price. That's ultimately the issue here is that someone clearly thinks it is worth doing this job at the rate that they're getting paid to do it. As far as I know, they're not going and rounding these people up in slave camps
1: and (laughs) forcing them to do it. (laughs) Well, no, I I don't believe that they are. And it it is, right? And it's not just one person that's willing to do this. It's a a number of people that are are willing to do this. You know, so – 2001 is when they introduced those those laws that um, it limited how long they can stay on the trail and how much weight can go in your, your pack and food allowances, stuff like that. They also put into place a, a permit system, a quota system. So the permits are limited. Um, I think it said it was uh, five. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how many permits are, are done. It says 500 are issued for each day. I don't know whatever that, that means. I think it's closed in February. But the government put out these permits and you have to have a permit to get on the trail and in order to get on the trail you also have to have a guide with you which is the you know these porters um and the only way you can actually get one of these permits is to go through a government registered tour operator you know so again we see this sort of long arm of the state you know they they take
0: well the first the first thing i see is well the state there is absolutely going to be absorbing <laughs> An amount of that money that could be going oh, yeah. to that porter, the cost is being artificially raised because of that. It's the first thing right I, off the bat.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's interesting because the the article kind of came down on the companies a bit for for not paying them enough or for forcing them to to work this hard or or do whatever. But you know how much how much is the government. Taking in from these uh, these permits, you know, it's it's not just the, the companies that are involved with this.
0: Well, I mean, so the minute you you say there's there's permitting, the first thing I know is, okay, somebody is paying for those permits, which means they can get away with murder for what they do because oh well, the go- the go- the government's not just going to you know if that's a source of income for them, they're they're no longer beholden to the the people of the the country. They're beholden to the people that are paying for that right to use that land. But the other thing you're going to say is so if you, okay so you're limited to five companies. Now that means you have more people fighting for the jobs that are you're you're limiting the supply of jobs now, which is going to draw the it's going to put pressure on wages downward because you're going to have more people trying to get those jobs than can get those jobs. The, clearly, the, the demand for people going up and down the mountain is there. Hence, why they put a cap on it. But that cap is going to do bad things to the labor market for those particular jobs in that in that region. Yeah,
1: um, for sure. I, and I think you know, before before I retire a little bit, there's um, this this woman mentioned in the the article. She has a, a company she just started called uh, Brown Gal Trekker. But um, you know, you think about that. So you have to go through the government. To get these permits, you, the, the company that you buy your permit through has to be um, registered with with the state. You know, so that that keeps even if some of these porters wanted to stand out there at the the bottom of the trail and uh, pick up hikers and uh, you know put the money straight in their pocket, they they can't. They have to actually go through a middleman. You know, and it uh, cuts yeah. down on any sort of entrepreneurial spirit that these these guys may be able to to muster up. You know,
0: I mean, the minute you tell me that there, the minute you, you mentioned that there were, uh, what do you call it, permits, the first thing I know is supply, uh, supply is limited of, of job and that part of the income is being swallowed up. So the prices are already artificially high. So it, it, just knowing that there's a permit involved in this process, I immediately know that everything these people are saying is true. They are being underpaid for a job. That they should be making more at just because of the way the laws of
1: economics work in this.
0: It's uh, it's a bit frustrating, you know.
1: It is. It is because you know your their hands are sort of tied. I mean, I'm sure they could walk away and and go do something. They must have been doing something before the the, the trail opened up. But um... when it's it's like so
0: the, because all this is based on permits, the government could at any point demand that this is what these people make. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 they, why don't they why don't they just say, declare okay well the, the, the these people are being treated unfairly we're we're in charge of making sure that our our population is treated the way it needs to be treated so why don't we why don't, this is what they have to be making your company can't come in here and use our land and our mountain to do your business if you can't do this you know can't pay them this rate they, they could and what but they don't and the reason they don't is because they know they can't People are willing to pay what they're willing to pay for the experience. Whether or not they eat up some of that is irrelevant. So, essentially, you have the government bowing down to the major corporations that are doing this to keep their business. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's—the more you get into, like, economics, the crazier it is to kind of think of a lot of these situations because so many of them, you're just like, oh, my God. Like, this—you—you—you—this you, you, you. <laughs> this is all so obvious. Yeah. Well—
1: it is if you if you think if you look at it, but uh, we also come from it from a from a slightly different angle.
0: Look, I'm no angel, <laughs> no Chris Angel.
1: Uh, no, I, I don't know. It's um, it sucks because it's uh, you know the, you are you putting these people in a in a tough spot, and they they are doing it on their their own accord. They they don't have to, but at the same time, you know, it's uh, who knows what they could be making without the state in the way.
0: I know I'm personally really curious as to at what is all what does the state use that money for? I mean is it ju- is it just one dude in an office it's just yeah it just takes the money like in in this go you know that's his job is just to collect money on the the companies utilizing this system does it go into maintaining that land at all? even if it does like how well is that maintenance or does it go to another department get swallowed up? I know a lot of South American countries, there's a a lot of corruption mostly because a lot of them have like are highly socialist in their the way they work, which breeds corruption surprisingly enough to I'm sure to our lefty friends.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it it doesn't say in it, uh, I'm sure you'd be hard pressed to find out. I, I do know, I think I saw that the, uh, they do keep the trail in, um, in pretty good condition. And that's why like, you can't go solo hike it. Um, you can't, you know, you have to have a, a guide with you. Mm-hmm. There's uh, so there's, there's several control points along the trail where the, the government monitors the trail. Um, so yeah, you know, they're pretty, pretty picky about, uh, you know, the number of people that get on the trail, but, uh, I can't imagine they pour all the money back
0: into it. One of the other things that's mentioned is that there is an organization, essentially there's a union of these
1: uh porters, yeah.
0: Yeah. Which is odd because I know here in the States there tends to be adverse effects of unions on markets. I'm curious if those people in the unions, how much they get paid versus the people outside of the union. I'm also curious how much those people that run said unions make.
1: Well yeah, that that's always the Trade-off there, you know, is, is, is that's the way it is with with any socialist sort of structure like that. You know, the guy at the top is, is making bank, and everybody else is just running around trying to. Uh, no, we we here at Free Market Sceneries are
0: not against uh, hierarchy because invariably that's going to happen. But in this these situations, you have someone at the top of a hierarchy with no reason for being there.
1: Well, the, their only reason to be there is to make themselves richer at, at the expense of you know trying to quote help everyone. You know, I mean, it's
0: a lot of people accuse uh, libertarians in particular of being against collective bargaining, and I don't. I don't think that that largely is actually true. I think that the way in which collective bargaining manifests itself has a tendency to not be the best thing for freedom or people. Uh, In particular, most of the people, even the people within the union aren't fundamentally better off in a lot of cases because most of the... You know, things that are positive are you know given away to the bosses who make the money, or you know they're they're taken away at the expense of you know, you know a lot of unions existed so that they could like, here in the states in particular so that they could stop minority workers from getting jobs, so you couldn't become a you couldn't be get into the union unless you were a white person, right. and it meant that you nobody else could work outside of the union. They're they're just they're just different ways of
1: controlling people. Yeah.
0: Well, moving government favor from one person to another. Or one group of people towards the right group of people, I guess you, they is how they would
1: look at it. Yeah, um, I think I don't know. Is that not not to talk about unions, but I do think to some degree, at the, the very base level, um, you know, it's a, it's not a bad thing. Um, but then it, it just becomes so so easily corrupted. Um, the people at the top mm-hmm. start making more and more and more, and it just it favors with with government and, and it's not a it's not a free exchange you know well when you're forced into a union it's it's not a free exchange anymore and um
0: you know so your your brown lady trucking or whatever it was
1: <laughs> brown brown gal trucking
0: yeah she uh so she started a company it sounds like the main point of her company is to raise awareness about this yes leave so. Now the question is what is raising awareness going to do? Who is the dem- like, demographic of which who she's trying to raise awareness about? Because at the end of the day like you may find some people willing to pay more to utilize a company that says they'll take care of the people better. But that all like, that doesn't do anything to change the fundamental economic situation that exists because of the licensure and permitting issue. No,
1: no, it doesn't I, I mean I give her her credit for Putting her money where her mouth is and like doing something about it. Yeah, but it's when, when you dig into it a little bit, she's not out there cutting it with with the rest of them. She's out, you know, giving talks and raising awareness. Like you said, and like I think her raising awareness is is directed more at at the the folks that are going to come hike the trail. And how do you do it sustainably? You know, whether that's you know make sure to tip your porter more or you know whatever it may be. But she does. She tours the the world, writing books, giving talks about about this stuff. She had a September 11th. She gave a talk for sustainable sustainability from the trekking tourism industry, decolonization and advancing the roles of indigenous women. I, I don't know. Just, just, just from that title. I, I don't imagine that that's going to do a whole lot for the porters in Cusco or whatever it is. Um, but eh, I don't know. Maybe it will.
0: I, I will never fault anyone for trying to raise awareness.
1: No, no. but I, I do. I, my I don't raising awareness is great. The, the I start to wonder when it becomes your cash cow. You know, when you're raising awareness becomes your thing. And then are you really raising awareness or are you just like, you know? I, uh,
0: (laughs) I had to do a write-up yesterday for the Freedom Song 365 project on, what do you call it there? Oh, God. Holiday in Cambodia J- Jello Biafra going on and off about it. the whole the whole premise of that song is kind of about all these people that you know do the let's raise awareness let's raise awareness and you know for them it's just a fashion statement it's a way to virtue signal and I'll give it to Jello Jello like, is somebody who while well, he he like while well, he doesn't have the same politics I do I will never argue that he doesn't go out of his way to try and work towards the ends he wants so you know. That song in particular, it's Dead Kennedys, right? Yeah, yeah, Dead Kennedys. And the whole freaking song, it's it's just about, you know, these people that are going on and on about the causes as they throw these fancy parties and go, like, you know, they'll listen to the ethnic jazz. You know, so they can talk about the plight of the poor people when they're just fucking people from the suburbs. They were raised in money and they're gonna, you know, five years from now after college, they're gonna go on and work the the same business jobs their parents do and do the same bullshit that their parents do <laughs> so I, I i hate i hate virtue signaling and i like to see people actually taking the
1: the effort to do things you know
0: anything else we need to beat out of this article no
1: no if you it uh if you do go hike the inca trail you know, tip your porter tip your porter
0: do your research i guess Yep. i'm probably not hiking the trail anytime soon but i bet it's
1: high right uh, it it is. I think it's. Uh, it starts at um, one kilometer along the trail at an elevation of. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, it's, it is high, and you will deal with altitude sickness um, if uh, if you don't hang out in the city a little while before you go. I'm going to be dealing with the fat sickness before that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right on. Well, I guess this has been episode number 29 of the Free Market Earth podcast. As always, go check out the freemarketscreener.com. Let us know what you think. Share the show. Let's get more people out there showing them that there's hope and that we don't need to buy into the Greta Thunberg. Put up put up the, pe- put the politicians against the wall so that we can have communism. Oh, man. We should put them up against the wall for very different reasons and not have communism.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think do you think she meant that like put him up against the wall like that? I mean there's I can totally see like the turn of phrase, you know, with with your back against the wall, you're in, like, in a rock in a hard place and you know, a little 16-year-old girl that uh, doesn't
0: Okay, so here's the I, thing. I don't know. Now that, we, we all know she doesn't write her own speeches. They're, she has professional speechwriters. And I guarantee you that that particular phrase was used so that they could have plausible deniability where she can say that that's what she sees. And maybe that is what she thinks of. But the people that wrote that speech know goddamn well what they were signaling to the people that they're trying to signal it to. Yeah. I, I, I think like, that word choice was used very specifically so that it has den- plausible deniability because a 16-year-old girl said it and they said, oh, well, she was just trying to make the politicians make them skittish and have to do something. Whereas, no. the, the Dude, it's so obvious because all those people that... I, I've been in this argument or co- the past couple days where people don't pay attention even to what the people that they listen to say yeah. because... I keep coming up with the people they're like, you know, well it's about the environment. I'm like, look, if you listen to what any of these people at the UN, with the IPCC, what they actually say, it's not about the environment. It it's it's about the the social and cultural norms that they want to change. They want to fundamentally change society. Okay. And <sighs> you know, that's that's just what they want. That's what their goal is. Like They literally said, yeah, well, we want the environment to get fixed, but, you know, this is what's really important, and this is why we want it. This is just our means to force it. <sighs> it's very frustrating. <laughs> but that's why we're here, so we can provide hope. The The hope that the left is not going to give you when it comes to the environment. Hope
1: you're, you're up against a wall. Safe, safe
0: place. <laughs> right on. Okay, well, you all have yourselves a good day. Later.